What's going on, guys? It's Danny from Fantasy Stock Exchange here, bringing you the second installment in our three-part mock draft series. Again, we prefaced this in yesterday's video where you saw a Yahoo-style uh, mock draft. We're actually going to be going with the NFL.com ADP today. Again, Bush is not with me today. He is actually at the cottage celebrating his uh, 22nd birthday. was actually yesterday, so shout out Bush there. But yeah, he's gone away for the cottage, so you got me for today so we'll actually go through the settings again i randomized this off camera I actually ended up getting the third overall pick and it's, it's kind of a nice spot to be in for you guys to kind of see because again at this point with the issues that have been going on with camara and everything zeke is clearly the number three pick in my opinion i mean obviously you got chris mccaffrey one barkley presumably two and then zeke being at three jersey behind me a little quick shout out but yeah just showing you guys the setting we're going to be doing a half ppr 12 team mock draft so you guys can see here Pretty standard stuff, and we're actually going to be going off with the NFL.com pre-draft rankings for today, so you guys can kind of see that. If you're an NFL.com league, kind of how the ADP will align, what type of values you can get on players. So, yeah, we're going to start this up and uh, get ready to roll. So, number three pick, but before we do that, let's hit the intro. Okay, so as I mentioned, I'm actually going to be going with Ezekiel Elliott again. Uh, after those first two being McCaffrey and Saquon, this would typically be a debate between Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott. But near the top of the draft, you really want to mitigate as much risk as possible. We mentioned that in actually the 10 best uh, fantasy football strategies, draft strategies in our video there to mitigate risk in the first three or four rounds. Zeke is just a much safer option at this current juncture in the offseason. Again, Kamara doesn't have his contract. He's dealing with the epidural shot that he actually got in his back, which is always a question mark, uh, especially in terms of recovery, because that's a simple solution, not a long-term fix. So as I mentioned, we're going to be going with Zeke Elliott. One of those three backs at the top of the draft, you must draft when you're in that range. So lock him up, and uh, we're actually going to be looking at the second round and just kind of seeing who's on the board. So... As you guys can see here, we do see that big run on running backs I always refer to, especially in half PPR. Full PPR, you may consider the receivers over them. But again, when I mentioned that, the top 14 running backs in uh, well fantasy football for this year are just such a tier above everybody else, in my opinion. Like Even James Conner going, like, I don't really have them in that tier as well. That tier being, again, you see McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Henry, Kamara, Cook, Eckler, Chubb, Mixon, Hilaire, Drake, Sanders, Jones, and Jacob. So as you guys can kind of see here, after that, we see Connor go. But the tier of running backs just simply isn't on par. Again, Chris Carson, a lot of injury concerns with the hip. Todd Gurley, we talked about multiple times on the channel. If you want more information on my thoughts on him, please check out that bust video that we released on the channel where I basically just went in depth on my five biggest busts for redraft fantasy football this year. But anyways, as I mentioned, uh, looking on the board here, there's one clear name that stands out to me, and that's actually going to be Travis Kelsey, tight end from the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, mentioned this in uh, the ADP battles video, rankings videos, every single video where we talk about tight ends. And man, whenever Travis Kelsey's name comes up, I love George Kittle. He's one of my, he's, my favorite real life tight end but in terms of what Travis Kelsey's ceiling is in that chiefs offense this year is tremendous. And they averaged the same points per game at 15.9 last year. And that was with Mahomes missing games and with Travis Kelsey's touchdown percentage being half of what it was the previous three years. 
You need any more proof on why Kelsey is still the tight end one, in my opinion? Just look at the last four years. Because he's been the tight end one in each of those years. So locking up Travis Kelsey at the end of the second round is an optimal play, in my opinion. I'm definitely happy with that value. Started my team with two elite contributors in Zeke Elliott and Travis Kelsey. After we see Travis Kelsey go off the board, we see Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Jackson, and Melvin Gordon go. Now, talking about Leonard Fournette here, I mean, guys, don't take him in the second round. How does it, like how do people think his value went up? Where the main reason why people were taking him in that late third, early fourth round area was simply due to straight volume. I mean, 365 attempts opportunities last year. Uh, so opportunities being attempts plus targets. That is not happening on Tampa Bay. Plain and simple. Bruce Arians has already come out. I know he's not the best in terms of actually taking his word for it, but he's already come out and said, Rojo is the guy we just saw in uh, an opportunity to add a talented player to, as depth in the backfield. And I mean, Leonard Fournette's basically signed to a $2 million deal with incentives to go up to $3.5 million. So in general, there's not a lot of risk there in signing him. So taking him there, if you're, if you're on your team, you're taking him in the second, third round area, like don't do that. Plain and simple, he's still, in my opinion, I have him outside my top 30 running backs playing himself because I do think it's going to be a heavy timeshare between him and Rojo. Still like Rojo, but obviously he's not one of my mid-round targets now because that definitely hurts his ceiling. Hurts the ceiling of everyone in the backfield in general. So anyways, as I mentioned, I'm going to be going into my next selection again. Uh, Mahomes typically would be a value here for me, but my philosophy is you either, if you're going tight end early, you can't go quarterback early. If you go quarterback early, you can't go tight end early simply because you don't have the depth to deal with it at other positions. So I'm going to steer away from Patrick Mahomes here. And in half PPR, I'm actually going to take my next rate of receiver. And uh, that is a guy, DJ Moore, who the opportunity, I've talked about him multiple times on the channel. He's one of my my guys. You should check that out as well. Uh, he is an absolute my guy for here. Uh, for the season. And although there's a ton of good receivers available, he is actually my top ranked guy left. So I'm going to take DJ Moore here. I know he's not going to make it back to me and uh, we'll see what we end up getting in the fourth round. So as we see, yep. Uh, Mahomes ended up going off the board and a little receiver run happening there. And perfect. And you know what? I mean, end of the fourth round, I may just go up, go with my other, my guy and Terry McLaurin here. Let me just quickly check RB. I can still get like a swift acres. Hopefully, Akers makes it back to me. I would normally smash Swift at the 503. Injury concerns to start week one kind of have me a little worried, but uh, I, he's still easily one of my guys, plain and simple. He's going to be phenomenal either way. Like week three on, let's let's say, hypothetically, say he starts slow off the injury, gets eased in. I do think he is by far the most talented back in the system, but We'll, we'll get to that by the 503. I'm fine with either Akers or Swift at that point. So I'm going to go with my my guy and Terry McLaurin. Lock that up. Wide receiver two on the team. As we do see Akers go. So that makes my decision easier. I am going to be going with DeAndre Swift, hoping to get a, a good running back to kind of buoy that time frame uh, afterwards. So locking up Swift here. Don't want to have to rely on him early in the season. So we'll definitely see what we can do in terms of depth afterwards. So. We lock up DeAndre Swift, as we do see Lockett, Chark. Good, talented receivers still available in the 5-6 area. Again, ref, uh, prefacing that video that we're talking about the draft strategies, the meat and potatoes of the draft this year in rounds 3-7 to seven is stocked with so many talented wide receivers, so many. So um, looking at the board here, I do like Antonio Gibson a good amount, but I already kind of have my upside play in DeAndre Swift. I could still lock him up and then... I mean, is Jordan Howard off the board? Yeah, okay, so Jordan Howard did go. So 
that's kind of a rough, but I can't, I can't pass on Michael Gallup at this value. I mean, 6'10 for a guy that I believe is a top 24 wide receiver this year. It's plain and simply really good value on him. So locking up Gallup, and we'll see what running back does fall to me. Uh, so Rojo and White do go. It's pretty, uh, pretty standard. And uh, you know what? I mean – there's no way I can pass on Antonio Gibson again. A little, a little risk at my RB two position with a ton of upside. But again, I can kind of supplement that loss with a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, who's going to produce some elite top end RB one numbers. So, although I do have a little bit more risk at the running back position, I still have three stud wide receivers. One's going to be going in my flex regardless. Uh, I don't need to rely on these guys right away for huge points. I can just mesh them with some guys on the end of my bench as well that can help supplement the slow starts that I do expect from those guys. So I'm going to take Antonio Gibson at the seventh round value. Again, this is really, uh, this video is actually coming out upon Adrian Peterson's release where they basically said they want those young guys, as Bush referenced yesterday in the sleepers video, to uh, take a big role. Uh, AP said that firsthand. So really like Antonio Gibson. I do think he can get some uh, really good pass catching work out of the backfield for them, given that they don't have a ton of receivers in general as well. So. Uh, looking on the board here, I mean, there's not really many receivers that I like a lot. I can just, I can still wait at the quarterback position. There's guys I like here. So, you know what? I, I might, I might just take another running back and I might just take a guy in. Uh, I'm thinking about Matt Breida, to be quite honest, because I do think that's going to be a nice split between him and Howard. Howard kind of went a little higher than anticipated here. I do think that Breida can help supplement that uh, learning curve for my two rookies in Swift and Gibson early on in the season. So take him here in the eighth round, I think is in tremendous value on him because I do think he's going to have that receiving role for the uh, Dolphins backfield. So perfectly happy with that. Locking up Brita. And then on the wraparound, we do see three wide receivers go. I was hoping Debo made it back to me. That's unfortunate. But looking on the board here again, receivers kind of fall. I can always just target like a Deshaun Jackson as my wide receiver four in the next round. So I can wait there a little bit. Um, I mentioned that I can wait at quarterback. Uh, I do see kind of a tear break after my guy in Matthew Stafford here. So game in the ninth round, again, uh, you got to kind of adapt to your quarterback room and it does seem like, uh, the quarterbacks are going off the board. I just don't want to be left with scraps. So I do see the upside with Matthew Stafford this year. So I'm going to be taking him here. Usually typically in, uh, a more sharp league, you may see him fall a little bit simply because of, uh, people just waiting on the position, but in a draft where the quarterbacks are flying, you got to be able to adjust. Sometimes you may take your guy a little higher than usual, but that's fine because plain and simple, if he's your guy and you do think he has the upside, at the end of the day, people won't care if you spent a ninth round pick on him versus an 11th round pick on him for supposed value. So definitely uh, attack that as we mentioned in that video as well. So looking on the board here, I do again, I'm going to go with Deshaun Jackson. Plain and simple, those first three or four weeks, especially without Jalen Rager, he is primed to have a huge role on that offense. Again, talking about the Rager injury, Marquise Goodwin opted out. Other uh, rookies on the team like John Hightower, do we really expect Quez Watkins to be ready? Dallas Goddard dealing with a thumb injury. Really, that offense in the passing game is going to come down between Deshaun Jackson and Zach Ertz. And plain and simple, we know Zach Ertz is already a valuable tight end. Deshaun Jackson is absolutely going to have a huge role in those first few weeks, especially. And although he does have a high amount of injury risk, plain and simple, if you're getting a guy in the 10th round that can help you win some matchups early on in the season, it is definitely worth that pick. Even if he does end up getting hurt, if he's helping you win three, four games at the beginning of the season, he is worth that selection. 
So I love Deshaun Jackson. Again, that schedule as well is beautiful. He opens up week one against Washington. So if you're playing DFS, I'm sure Bush and Nick are actually going to get into that. He's going to be a prime, prime, prime play for week one. So I definitely like the selection in Deshaun Jackson there in the 10th round. Um, going back on the turn, we do see two other receivers in Tate and Harry go off the board and Lazard. Um, looking at it, oh, I really like uh, Boston Scott here again. Uh, I've said it multiple times, but I do think Boston Scott is, does have sneaky value, uh, is a sneaky sleeper for this year. Again, this, the, uh, Eagles are only, are only actually keeping three total running backs on the roster being Sanders, uh, Boston Scott and Corey Clement at this current point. I do think that while Miles Sanders definitely is one of the top 14 running backs, I do think he's going to be really good this year. I do think there's more than enough room for Boston Scott to make, uh, some, contribution to the team especially again as i mentioned that depleted receiving core they're going to rely on some targets out of the backfield and i've prefaced this multiple times but boston scott was easily one of the most efficient receiving backs in the league last year according to sharp football stats and one of the actual sneakiest uh most efficient running backs on the goal line you wouldn't expect that from a guy who's five six but he is compact he is thick for his size and he he just knows how to find the hole. So plain and simple, one of the most efficient goal line and receiving backs in the eleventh round. While I accept, I I, I love Miles Sanders. He does present a lot of value there because I don't think it's going to be a 80, 80 20 situation. It may be a let's say 65, 35, 70, 30. But even if that, if Boston Scott's still getting a little bit of goal line and receiving work, he's going to return on eleventh round uh, value there. So I definitely like that pick, getting him there as my RB five. Um, Going back on the clock here, as we do see Chase Edmonds, I was hoping he would actually fall to me as well. I definitely like him. And uh, we see a ton of running backs go off the board, uh, including Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson, who are not on teams. That's, that's an interesting algorithm from the fantasy pros. But um, yeah, looking at the board here, like a couple receivers, like LaVisca Chanel is easily one of my favorite wide receiver targets late in the draft. Now that uh, the release of Leonard Fournette does impact him again, I mentioned this multiple times, but LaVisca Chanel thrives in the short to intermediate passing game. Well, losing 100 targets from last year and Leonard Fournette leaving the team, which, let's be honest, Leonard Fournette's not going to kill you down the field in the receiving game. So he was absolutely making his hay on short to intermediate passes. Well, with those 100 targets gone, 76 catches from Fournette last year, I do think they brought in Visca to end up being a more efficient offense or more efficient option in that kind of range for the offense. I mean, we know DG Chark is absolutely going to dominate deep. This passing game is going to throw the ball a ton. We love Gardner Minshew for this year. So, I mean, taking a guy in, LaVisca Chanel here uh, in the 12th round definitely provides some value. So, like him as a steely, as another sleeper here. I know Bush went through his five, but just kind of prefacing that. And um, look at, I mean, there's no way I'm passing up John New Smith in the 13th. Like, plain and simple, I do have Travis Kelsey, obviously, fantastic option at the tight end position. Or, yeah, tight end position. I don't know what I was thinking there. Um, John New Smith in the 13th is just an absolute steal. He's a top eight or nine tight end, in my opinion, like he's going to break out. He is the second option in that Tennessee passing game. Getting him in the 13th round is just flat out robbing the system. So if you guys are able to do this and you're using NFL.com ADP for your home league drafts, make sure you get Johnny Smith everywhere because this is an absolute undervalue on his potential. So uh, taking him there and wrapping up the draft, I'm actually going to be back on the clock here as we do see some decent running backs left. Again, McFarland, I do, I do like kind of later on. Uh, given the injury history you do get with James Conner. 
some receivers there, not too bad. Uh, given the risk of uh, Matthew Stafford in terms of the injury uh, concerns, I mean, we, we talked about the back. It's not too much of a concern. We brought on Dr. Edwin Porras. He said he's not too worried about it. But just to supplement the slight risk that you're getting with him, I'm actually going to go with a guy in Jared Goff, who I do believe is being undervalued in drafts. Again, this is a guy who's been a top 18 quarterback each year. He's been in the league last year, faced significant uh, passing volume. And just in general, he faced a little bit of, uh, how do I say, negative regression in the uh, passing percentage. I do think he's going to face positive regression, go back to his career mean. We saw what he was able to do in 2018 as a breakout uh, in that Rams offense against Super Bowl, the Super Bowl losing team that year to the New England Patriots. That offense was on fire. Last year, you kind of saw it a little bit. Injury concerns on the offensive line, inconsistencies in the running game. Plain and simple, I do think Cam Akers is going to be an improvement over what Gurley provided them last year in both the rushing game and actually as a receiver out of the backfield. As I mentioned in the bus video, Gurley was the single worst pass catching running back in the entire NFL last year. So I think a guy in Jared Goff, I do think is a safe selection in the 14th round. So then we can kind of go through the team, evaluate what I got here. Again, this is NFL.com ADP. So if you guys have your drafts with NFL.com, you kind of see how you can negotiate or navigate your team so going over the squad i do have matthew stafford ezekiel elliott deandre swift which i would probably switch out for brita early on in the season as he does get acclimated um dj moore terry mclaurin my two my guys at the receiver position you can't ask for much more travis kelsey at tight end got gallup and gibson in the flex matt brita jared goff john U. smith boston scott deshaun jackson and lavishka chanel so again if you've made it this far in the video i hope you enjoyed make sure you comment down below your thoughts on the squad comment down below what platform your personal league is using for your drafts and uh yeah if you made it so far let me know what you think of the team like the video gotta help the algorithm and make sure you hit that subscribe button love to see the growth that you guys have been supporting us over these last few weeks we're just com completely going to be coming out with the content on a daily basis ready for that in-season schedule. Hope you guys are excited. I know Krakamon's excited to see the start fit sets. Little shout out again. But stay tuned because we are going to be coming at you consistently. Hope you enjoyed. This is Danny. Peace.